Hi there. Real quick before we jump into the episode. If you enjoy this episode or any of the other episodes, be sure to give us a follow or subscribe. It would also be great if you shared it with a friend or better yet, left a review so others can know how awesome it is. Thanks so much. And now, the episode. Hey there, Press Starters, and welcome to the Press Start Leadership Podcast, the podcast about game-changing leadership, teaching you how to get the most out of your product and development team and become the leader you were meant to be. Leadership coaching and training for the international game industry professional. Now, let me introduce you to your host, the man, the myth, the legend, Christopher Mifsud. Hey there, Press Starters, and welcome to a special edition of Press Start Leadership Podcast, Conversations with Christopher. On this edition, we have a special guest, a longtime friend, and former colleague in the video game industry, a TikTok D&D sensation, Jeremiah McCoy. Now, let's meet Jeremiah McCoy. Greetings and salutations. (laughs) Greetings, sir. How are you? Um, I, I am doing all right, I guess. I mean, as much, as well as anybody does during, uh, the, the plague times, but, uh, you know. Indeed. Indeed. So, uh, Jeremiah, I know who you are. I've known you for a very long time, but, uh, most likely most of the listeners here and and those watching uh, have, have no, no idea or have only heard rumblings of the man that is Jeremiah McCoy, also known as Basics of the Game on TikTok and Technoir on Twitter and other social media places. So perhaps perhaps give give us your your origin story. Who is Jeremiah McCoy? Where have you emerged from and and, and how long have you been on the scene and doing what you do? Um well uh I am originally from the Tennessee Valley. I uh um, uh, grew up around Oak Ridge, Tennessee, but I moved around a lot too. Um, and, uh, I have, uh, been around for time immemorial, I guess. Um, I, it, it's actually kind of a fun joke to joke that I'm far older than I am. So I never really actually admit to how old I am. But, um, yeah, I've been around for a while. Uh, I bounced around, uh, Tennessee for a while. Um, lived in Atlanta for a bit, uh, and moved out to, uh, North Carolina to work on a video game, which is where we work together, of course. And, uh, uh, moved back to Tennessee after that sort of fell apart. Uh, and, uh, um, yeah, I've been back in, uh, the Oak Ridge area, uh, for a while. Uh, I am a part-time, um, game writer for like D and D content. I am a TikToker, Like you said, I've been in podcasting since the early days, uh, making, uh, gaming related podcasts, YouTube. Um, uh, I just do a lot of different geeky things. Awesome. 
No, that's great. And and what? So like, I mean, your journey has basically been gaming in some way, shape, or form, right? I mean, like, you have a. Hit, I mean, you grew up with gaming. I, I know you didn't really mention it there, but if, if I'm not mistaken, you have like a family heritage that's kind of. Rooted oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, my mom got me started in D and D and. Oh, was it 81, 82? Um, she bought me my first D&D set because she got tired of me getting into hers. She was playing with some old college buddies, and um, uh, she kept coming home with the little ba- sort of magenta-colored uh, box basic set. And it had this really evocative uh, art from Errol Otis, and I just kept getting into it. And she got tired of me getting into it, so she bought me my own. Um, she has long since quit playing because life got in the way for a while there, and she just never picked it back up. Um, but, yeah, it's a story we all know. Um, happens to a lot of people. But, uh, but yeah, I kept playing. Um, I mean, gaming has been my through-line hobby, uh, my entire life. I did other things like sure, sure. I've done IT work and I, uh, when I was younger, I worked in security, I've done factory work. I've done lots of other things, but there's always been that through line of gaming as, as the, the thing I'm passionate about. Uh, I grew up going to science fiction conventions. Uh, mom did help run science fiction conventions. And so I spent a lot of time, uh, doing that when I was young, and that also sort of shaped me. Yeah, it's in your roots. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. And I mean, and I, and though we worked together, you mentioned in North Carolina, actually, I met you in, uh, in another form of, of, uh, the role playing realms in the, in the LARPing realm. So you were, you're a long time LARPer as well. I know we don't always, yeah, such things, but, you know. uh, I, I can remember when, uh, growing up, Playing D&D was a thing that you got looked down on, right? And then LARPers, it's it, it's almost like the D&D players could look down on LARPers. Exactly. It was <laughs> yeah. You didn't even admit necessarily with your friends that play D&D, which is, now now it's way more accepted. But back yeah. back back then it was it was one of those things that like you you do what? Yeah, but like I started. Well, if you want to count the parlor LARPs, I think 93, 94. Okay. Um, so. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, we met at, uh, what was it? What? There was a crossover from the LARP I was playing and a LARP you were playing, like Wildland South. Yeah, it's Wildland South in Europe. Yeah. There was a crossover there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, it's, it's also funny. In that same group of, of crossovers, there's a guy who we both know who is now a game designer. I think last I heard he was working at Blizzard and uh, was like a competitive Magic the Gathering player. Well, he, I mean, yeah, are you talking about, you're talking, you're talking, about, you're talking about a guy who actually played a character named Blizzard. Yeah. He was such a fan. And then, uh, you mean Brian Kibler. Yeah. 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 Brian Kibler, who, who yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, I used to drive him the LARPs before he had a driver's license. And uh, <laughs> yeah, we 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 definitely had an interesting crowd back then. Yeah, yeah, hmm? yeah, he was still going to college. He was in college in Atlanta, and I was driving him to the LARPs. So and he yeah, was like a, a white tiger uh, and and beat up people. 
He has yep. pictures of it. He still shows it. He's definitely he. What's great about him? He's such a character. He doesn't. Even, he's not even embarrassed by the, the the photos of him dressed up like a white tiger, um, you know, in in like in sweatpants. But you know, but yeah. Now he's larping again, and the dude is in super shape because he works out every day, and he he shows his workouts on on Twitch streams. So uh, good for him. I wish I was working out every day. It took 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 uh, took the pandemic to heart and uh, decided to become a beast. Uh, so, so now he looks like, uh, Tyrion Lannister. Not Tyrion. Um, Jamie. Jamie Lannister, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Little different. There Little different, different there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jamie <laughs> Lannister, uh, with the long hair and the, the beard and everything going on and, and looking like a badass. So good for you, Brian Gibbler. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So, so this is, uh, yeah, I'll delve, delve into another question. Uh, so this is a, a leadership podcast for the most part, like 90% of the time. Um, but because I'm a big old geek and, and everything, I talk about gaming, uh, because that's been a huge part of my life. Like when I describe things, it's like I do leadership because I love leadership. The gaming part that's associated with it is just because it's also the other part of my life. But since it is a leadership podcast, I do have to ask questions about leadership because that makes sense, right? So the question here is, um, what do you consider in your, in your experience? You've, you've been through a lot of different jobs you described, work for different companies, You've been through different experiences where like leadership does come off like in LARPing and so forth. What do you consider good leadership, right? Like we can talk about bad leadership all day long, but like art, I like to point to good leadership. So maybe you could describe, you know, in your own words, what you consider good leadership for those that are listening. I, I think that the best leadership is about communication, right? I mean, I, I think that the the so many failings can be cleared up by just clear communication. Communicate what you want, uh, and, and accept communication from people who work for you or work with you. Um, and that means learning how to say things in a in, in an open way that is clear. Um, to try and avoid uh, letting your assumptions shape your conversations. Um, that is, I think, the heart of good leadership is, is, is instead of, I mean, it, it happens all the time, right? We, we all sort of assume people know what we're talking about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a big one. Yeah. And, and some of that you have to do, right? Like, you're working with a bunch of people, you sort of assume that they share some of the knowledge in the field that you're all working. Um, you, one would hope. Yeah. yeah, one would hope. Um, if you're at a primarily English speaking company, you assume all the other people in the company that you're talking to speak English. Mm. Um, things like that are, you can't avoid making some assumptions, but, so often I've seen things get skewed in, you know, everything from non-work sort of social projects to actual work mm-hmm. that got messed up because people just assumed people were on the same page and they weren't. Um, as they say, when you make an assumption. Yeah. Out of you and Uma Thurman. So yeah. I, 
I don't think that's the. I'm pretty sure that's not the the, no. the saying. That's Stuart Smalley said that. So yeah. okay, yeah, yeah. But it is true, and it's it's something I actually bring up a lot. It's people aren't mind readers, right? Like when we, there's so many times, and I think you're you're touching on it great. It's like there's so many times, like in work or outside, like you think something. And I know this comes up in in LARPing quite a bit. I've had this conversation with people that run LARPs all the time, where players are disappointed because something didn't happen in the game. And they're like, what, what didn't happen? And it's like, well, this thing that I, I, I thought in my head was going to happen. Did you tell anybody that you wanted this to happen? Well, no. Then, then why are you, why? It's, it's the same thing where it's just like, man, I really want this position at work, right? And like, cool. Have you told anybody that you want this position at work? No. So you're just going to assume that, and, and I get it. Like a lot of people think that if you work really hard, and you do everything right, that you're going to get the attention that you need. The thing is that we're not, we're, we, like I tell people this all the time, we're not the center of everybody else's world. We're the center of our own world, right? So the amount that I think about you, Jeremiah, it, well, recently has been quite a bit because I'm preparing for this podcast. Sure. Well, usually, not so often, right? Like I think sometimes if there's like an idea that it's attached to something that's important to me, I think about it. And it's the same thing at work, right? Like if you're, you're working, the idea that someone's going to necessarily think of you and you haven't made people aware that you want something or whatever. And then when you get looked over and like you tell your boss, Oh, but why didn't I get picked? Oh, well, did, did I didn't know you wanted it? Right now, sometimes there are unfair things at work, right? Like where a position isn't even open to everybody and nobody even gets a chance. Right. And so you totally get like looked over, but yeah, I, I agree. Like if you communication's huge, it's so huge. It's, the most important thing for any relationship, work, life, love, friends, family, everything is communication. So I, I think you're 100% right. If in at the core of the, if it's important for everything, it's definitely got to be at the core of leadership. Yeah. I think if you're going to work on any skill for a workplace, um, in general, uh, work on your communication skills first. Learn how to speak clearly. Learn how to write clearly. I mean, I'm not talking about be a grammar Nazi. Um, but, you know, learn how to convey what you're thinking in writing. It's worth the time. It will get you much further than just uh, assuming everybody understands what you're talking about. 100%. And don't use emoticons. Ever. Well, a little bit, but don't assume like that's again, don't don't use a sad face um, to communicate like that you're unhappy with a build that we just sent you. I might I might have gotten that once. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, sad face. What is that? Yeah. Mean? <laughs> I, I occasionally. Words, yeah. Know. Use your words. Don't communicate non sequiturs. Yeah. Don't don't put two chupacabra. Without any explanation, because we won't know what you're talking about. <laughs> That's true. All right. Well, cool. Favorite type of donut? Let's get to the hard questions here. I mean, my classic favorite is, of course, Krispy Kreme fresh made glazed donut. That is, that is, the the a top of the, the the pyramid right um but beyond that uh, i really like um uh, going to a local 
uh, donut place probably more than I should, to be fair. Um, hey, pandemic times, man, you know, sure, sure. We do, we do what we do to get through, you know, um, but tell me, tell me more of this local place and their special donuts. Yeah, it's called uh, Donut Palace. Okay. Uh, it's in Oak Ridge, Tennessee, uh, on the Oak Ridge t- Turnpike, for those who, in the, who are local to the area. Um, and they have a drive-thru. Oh, which is safe. Nice. Yeah. Safe-ish. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, uh, and they have a, a great variety and they, they make all their donuts there. It's not a, not a sort of a chain. They're just, they learn how to make donuts and they make donuts. I love their, uh, twists, which are basically, Kind of like the the same doughy consistency of the Krispy Kremes, mm-hmm. but they're you know long twists. Yeah. Um, I like their white cream filled. It's kind of a vanilla cream filled. Those are nice, and I really love the old fashioned cake donuts that they make there. They're really good. Always a good classic. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So another thing. That uh, is important to me. I talk about uh, spirituality on occasion, mindfulness, though. And uh, so I'm curious. Uh, how, how do you find what's? How do you find your Zen? You know, how do you how do you find mindfulness, especially especially with everything that's been going on in the last year or so? And you know, I know times times aren't easy for everybody. So uh, you know, how do how do you how do you find some balance in the headspace? Uh, I, I I've had I've had a hard time with it, like. Uh, Everybody, uh, this past year, I think, um, it, it's hard to turn down the, the noise in your head. Um, and, you know, this year may have actually driven home that I probably have some form of ADHD on top of having depression. Um, but I, I think the ways I usually do it, if I, if I'm particularly overwhelmed, I can just step outside. For a little bit. Um, this is not going to be an option for everybody, but for me, I live in a small town, smallish town in uh, Tennessee. Um, I can step outside and see the mountains in the distance, smell fresh, you know, air from uh, an area filled with trees, and I can sit down and take a deep breath, and that's Great. When I don't have that option, like the weather's bad or something like that, I like to, I, I like to play a game that doesn't have a narrative. Um, something that, that I can just sort of lose myself in is sometimes helpful for me to just sort of release stress. So something like, uh, Minecraft, uh, something like, uh, like a card game. Something that I can sort of do on automatic. I guess uh, no. For me, Peggle and not in Rock Band back in the day, like yeah, because it's very like you know rhythmic. Well, Peggle is just my favorite. Like if I just want to zone out, it's mindless and it's yet incredible. But I get you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nothing with the narrative. If you have to pay attention to a story or make hard decisions, I get that. that that's unhelpful. So I get you. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's how I deal with it. Uh, and like I said, it's been hard this past year. Like a lot of my usual coping mechanisms were not really doing it for me. Or um, available, probably. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. 
I, and you know, I, I, I've had the advantage of being able to work from home. Yeah. Um, but there are, which is interesting because I can tell you that there have been days when I was in a bad enough place mentally or a bad enough place physically that I probably would have called in if I had to go to an office. But because I'm working from home, I just roll into my office and and do the job. Grin and bear it, right? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. that's that's actually been, a, I think, a lot of people's problems, right? Is uh, and they, they they have the statistics on this. I think uh, the people people aren't using sick days as much um, this last year because, again, on a di- where you would normally use a sick day because you were feeling unwell or whatever, if you just you don't have to see anybody, you just you know, like you said, you just kind of go over to your desk and get in your chair and. And do and do the work, and um, you know that's probably not great in the long term. I think people do need to turn off and, and take the time out for work, whether it's for physical or mental, whatever the case is. And yeah. The other one that's a big one is, um, I, and I, I have this problem is uh, is creating the um, the day to day, right? So your your old routine's kind of gone, right? So you would get up, get ready, drive to work, go in the work, do all those little things. Now it's just like I walk upstairs, I come over to my desk, I sit down. And I work and I get up to go get coffees occasionally, but like I don't take the breaks that I normally used to take. And then sometimes, unless I force myself and I'm paying attention, like I won't necessarily end the day when I normally would have ended the day. Right. So like, I mean, it's great for my, my, um, my company, but, uh, not so, (laughs) not so great for, for, for me. And they're like, you know, they're getting more, the more hours out of me or whatever. And it's just like, and I, I never turn off anyway. So it's not, that big of a difference, but I think it eats away at you a little bit, right? Like, yeah, and, and I, I definitely like the the lack of routine definitely has affected my health this year. Mm. Um, when I was working in the office, go to work, mm-hmm. do my thing, um, eat at my desk, which is maybe not great, but whatever. I do it too. I do it too. Um, but on my lunch break, instead of going and eating, I would go for a walk. Yeah. Like they had a, a, a nice little fountain with a walking course around it. And I was That's like, awesome. and so I would spend like half my uh, lunch break just walking around the the fountain. And it was good. It was it got me away from the thinking about stuff. Mm-hmm. Whereas here, you know, on my break, uh, I'll either go eat lunch or I'll go take a nap. <laughs> but, I mean, it's, I get it. It's there. It's convenient. And honestly, every, anything that's comfort at this point in time, right? Yeah. I mean, and, and yeah, it's, it's not something to beat yourself up on. It's just something that's just, that's there. Honestly, if I didn't have somebody who, who literally would come grab me uh, at lunchtime and make me go walk for two hours, I, uh, which I don't like doing, but I do it because, I, you know, I have to. Uh, yeah. so yeah, I go, I go for a walk, uh, but otherwise I wouldn't, but I, when I was, yeah, I get it. It's, uh, and I, and I'm glad I do it. I would rather do it maybe in the morning as like to fake the whole like work route to work thing. And then maybe do it in the evening to fake the route back home. Right. So it's kind of like you could turn your head on. Okay. I'm going to work. And then you could turn your head off. Okay. I'm walking out of work, but yeah, and it's the middle of the day. So it is what it is. Yeah, yeah. Well, naps are nice though. I can't, I can't complain there. All right. Favorite. Okay, because you do video games and you do tabletop, so we're we're gonna hit both. So favorite system 
for tabletop? Um, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be lying if I say D and D isn't. Sure. Um, just because it is, uh, and I've said this for years, it's the lingua franca of, of the gaming world, right? I can put together a D and D game, uh, far easier than I can put together any other game. Um, because everybody, everybody knows D and D. Uh, it, I've been, it's the game I started on. It's the game I've played the most of. It's the game I've written for. Um, so D and D is going to be on that. And I, I say all of that because it feels like people should give a proviso for saying D and D these days. Like there are problems with D and D and they're trying to address them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're doing some huge things um, that people, like two years ago, people wouldn't even be thinking about. So yeah. Well, sure. And like, and they still have work to do. No. Like nobody says they don't. But because of that, it feels like you should add a qualifier. Yeah, D and D is still my favorite game, despite its flaws. Um, beyond D and D, because everybody plays D and D, I think the one I'm the most excited about lately has been the Age System uh, by Green Ronin. Okay. Um, it started as a role playing game based off of Dragon Age. Really? Okay. Yes. Oh yeah, I bought that box. That little box. I remember. Yeah, that. and and the they came up with the rule system to support Dr- Dragon Age. Hmm. Um, and it was a decent system. And uh, I'm not sure the full story of how they decided. You know what? We should just separate the system off. Probably but they did. They probably lost the rights. Like, <laughs> Maybe. Um. <laughs> I know I mean, that I'm speculating here, but usually when stuff like that happens, it's because they lost their rights, but they like their system. And so they're like, you know what? I know that Will Wheaton wanted to do a game mm-hmm. and he liked that system. He wanted to do a game on, on his YouTube channel and he liked that system, but it wasn't going to be a dragon age game. Um... So they used that. I don't know how much of that was. He found out that they were releasing this separate or what? I don't know the, the routine, on, but they released his Fantasy Age, hmm. uh, which is excellent. Um, uh, uh, and then they uh, and they have a, a setting for it if you want to use it called Blue Rose, which started under some other system but got transferred over. Then they released Modern Age, which is uh, the system that underpins the Expanse role playing game, which is excellent. Uh, and a friend of ours, uh, both of ours is like the lead developer on it, Ian Lemke. Ah, uh, uh, the Ian Lemke. The Ian Lemke. Yes. Um, it's capital T, capital H, capital E, Ian Lemke. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 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 but yeah, it's a good system. Uh, and they are currently working on a play test of an update to Fantasy Age. And from a scene of the playtest, it's not actually changing the core system. They're just adding some bits to make it more, more interesting, more usable. But Fantasy Age and Modern Age have been the ones that I've been the most excited about. But I love playing all of them. Like, yeah, I'll have to, have to check that out because I, I picked up that box set for Dragon Age a long time ago. Yeah. Uh, and it was good. It was good. And then, uh, I, yeah, I didn't. 
I maybe they had a couple supplements, but I don't think many. Um, um they they've released a, a fair amount. Uh, and in uh, yeah, and when Dragon Age Inquisition came out, they released like a big, thick um, uh, book using the art from Dragon Age Inquisition, the tarot cards. Yeah. Uh, it's got that on the cover and uh it was a much more realized version and you can still buy it so that's why i'm like i'm not sure if they lost the license yeah no that mm, no i maybe and now i'm gonna go look look it up and buy more things that i don't need right this moment so. yeah yeah but the yeah fantasy age is excellent um and if i were running a fantasy game and i was like all right i don't want to use D, it's probably where i where i would start okay Right. Yeah. Ah, very nice. Cool. What about? Well, you covered two questions there for for me because I was going to follow up with what would be your secondary system, but that's it right there. Um, what about uh from video game standpoint? Uh, console, PC, Master Race. Uh, I I I I'm mainly a PC gamer. I've played a little bit of PlayStation stuff, but mainly PC. Okay. Um, and you know, favorite favorite game on 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 PC. Well, I am a I'm a I'm a nerd for BioWare. So all of the Mass Effect, all of the Dragon Age games are Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um I I've I've got nearly a 1000 hours in Dragon Age Inquisition alone. That's a lot. Yeah. Uh I I may have a problem. Uh <laughs> but twice, but I don't think I have a 1000 hours in there. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the na- the nature of their their game design is that they encourage you to play through it multiple times, so that you get different story results. And yeah, you could go on YouTube and watch all of the different endings, but it's much more fun to play it. Um, and they're coming out with a new Mass Effect, uh, like uh, refresh. Where, you know, they're redoing all the graphics. I'm going to buy that. I'm going to play that, even though I've got almost as much time into Mass Effect. Um, yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm figuring it up too. I think it's the end of May. I think it comes yeah, out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Um, player, sadly, but that's okay. I mean, it's hard to. The, yeah. Yeah. No, no. It's, it, you can't either. And, and honestly, uh, I think the, the, a lot of game companies have gotten gun shy about multiplayer. Because of the, um, the rather public disappointments with some multiplayer. But these were, these are multiplayers that are already awesome. They just couldn't bring them over, I think. Yeah, yeah. Else they were doing. They, they had to make some concessions, I guess, to, to upgrade everything. And then. Sure. Running, uh, but. but yeah, I, I think, um, beyond that, the one I've spent the most time on recently has been Cyberpunk 2077. Uh, I, I have completed two full playthroughs on that. Um, and I started a third cause I think, so you're doing all the, all the, um, different backgrounds or is, or is the third one a double up on one of the other backgrounds? No, it's, uh, I'm doing all the, the backgrounds. So I've completed Nomad and Corp and I started a street kid. Um, and, um, the failings of that game are rather public. Everybody's heard about them, but I think it buries a lot of the really brilliant 
design work that went into it. Um, it feels like a very living place when you're playing it and the stories are interesting and compelling. And, and yeah, I, uh, was already a nerd for cyberpunk games. You know, I played cyberpunk 2020 back in, uh, the nineties, like everybody else. Those crazy kids that were born in the nineties, but yeah, yeah, yeah. everybody else. <laughs> well, yeah, but, uh, uh, Shadowrun is one of my all-time favorite games. Uh, just, I, like, I, I love those settings. Mm-hmm. Like, the world systems, I was like, eh, they're alright, or, or sometimes not alright, uh, uh, in some of the editions of Shadowrun, but, I, I loved those settings. I loved those kinds of stories. So, yeah, I, I was, I was on board. Very cool. So you born into the world of 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 geekdom and D and D. You've you've worked in video games. You play video games. You play D and D. And nowadays, in the world of social media, there are all these things going on: the the Twitters and the the Facebooks, and now the TikToks. And for my my limited understanding, but actually not that limited because I've been following you for a while. You, you've, you've become quite the, uh, quite a little bit of the sensation in, in the TikToks, uh, as basics of the game. Tell me, tell us a little bit about, like, how you got started there, what, what, what you're doing there. I mean, how many times you're, you're, you're on there and, um, and what's so exciting about it? When, so back in 2019, I started seeing people share D and D related TikToks on Twitter and, some of them were people I knew from like YouTube stuff, like Momo O'Brien, uh, uh, and, uh, Azrai, who at the time was known as LARP House on YouTube and a few others. And I was, I was like, these are really interesting. So I finally broke down and got TikTok app. I had heard about it. I, you know, I, I follow the tech world, among other things, I work in technology. So I follow tech news and TikTok kept coming up. And I was like, I don't know. It's not, it's probably just for kids. Right. And I kept seeing these and I was like, all right, I'll, I'll install it and see what I think. And I started going through it. And I think one thing that helped my experience early on that not many people probably think of to do early on is I immediately started searching for hashtags that I was interested in. So like D and D Dungeons and Dragons LARPing, and then followed those hashtags. Cause it gives you the option to follow them. So then uh, my for you page was nothing but the uh, stuff. Well, it was less stuff that I wasn't interested in. It's not, Completely. Yeah, it's it's very it's very difficult. I find it difficult uh, to to prune. It's it's not like my Spotify list, right? My Spotify list knows my music. It makes beautiful suggestions to me every day. I have multiple channels that have learned me. They know me. TikTok is a fickle beast, and I find that though I get a number of D and D related or role playing related stuff and kung fu and some other crazy stuff that that pops up there. The sheer number of other things that are much more common than TikTok still pop up on the regular. Day. So I do, I do wish 
yeah. their algorithm would, would tone it down just a little bit. But uh, but I get it. I get it. But I agree. Once you find the things that you're looking for, there's some really interesting uh, tidbits there, and you you being one of them. Yeah. So maybe maybe tell tell it like so. You, you got there. You found this stuff. And so what 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 made you actually start besides following it? Start actually making your own, right? Because it's that's the second step, right? First yeah. step is is admitting you have a problem. No, first step is is finding the content that you want and the the things that you resonate with. And then what's like what makes you go? You know what? The world needs. 15 seconds to 30 seconds of Jeremiah McCoy talking about D&D and, and, and ranting a little bit sometimes of the people that exist on the internet. What, what, what took you to that level? Um, two, there were a couple of things. Um, the first one was I kept seeing videos of younger people, often women or people of color, who were get, giving the horror stories. And I've heard the horror stories before being on TikTok, but I'm seeing people talking about it on TikTok of um, the gatekeepers, the people who essentially look like me telling them that they don't belong. Uh, and that really kind of irritated me because I, I, I hate the, the gatekeepers who do that. I, I hate them with a passion. I want more people. I want new people. I, I'm excited by new people. Um, so that that was like, okay, maybe I should make something. Uh, and I, I had that in the back of my head, and I didn't know what I was going to make. And then I was while I was watching, I also saw that there were a lot of people making content about bards and paladins, but not a lot of people making content about wizards. And... Um, Great. I mean, yeah, I get it. Yeah, the paladins. Well, actually, I don't get paladins, but whatever. But, but yeah. the bards, maybe I get that. There's, there's a couple couple of people that follow the bards, and they do their, their thing, and they're great. Yeah, yeah. But, cool. and I was like, well, it's a visual medium. Hmm. I look like a wizard. Yeah. <laughs> Long hair, bearded. I look like a wizard. Okay. Gray hair, to be clear. Um, uh, and, uh, I was like, okay, this is, this is something. And I, I'm a fan of wizards in D and D and lore, uh, you know, so I had opinions. So I was like, all right, first I'll, I'll make some wizard jokey things. Hmm. And people like them. Like they, they're like, oh, okay, this is neat. You know, um, I did a whole bit about, uh, uh, necromancers where it was like oh uh, yes i understand you think necromancers are evil but really they just want to raise a family and and, and you know people got that and they laughed you know they thought that was great um and and i started getting that and then i would see videos from people uh, saying that again, that they were getting harassed for their opinions about D and D, and I started commenting on on that, mm-hmm. and slowly I developed an audience based off of either me being silly about wizards or the fact that I've been around forever, mm-hmm. um, by their comparison at any rate. Sure. Yeah. And and they're like, you know, what what about this? I've heard this, and I can I can go get the source, right? Yeah, which is awesome. 
Yeah. I was like, yeah, I've got the original box set back here. It's fine. Here, let me tell you what it says. And yes, I did play back in first edition. And yes, that, that was different back then. And this is where that idea comes from. And no, it's no longer valid in the game or, you know, and I became the friendly D and D uncle of, and and uh, not creepy one. Yeah, yeah, I'm not the not the creepy kind. Like, um, and I I sort of cut out my niche as the guy who talks about D and D and other games. Yeah, to be fair, I do talk about other games, and also being willing to talk about social issues, which, which is awesome. I mean, well, more not people awesome that we have to talk about them, but I think it's awesome that you you do and. Yeah, and, and I I do appreciate your stance against people, and and I love that that people for whatever reason feel like they they want to get into the arena with you, uh, and and get into your comments and say things, and I I I am impressed that uh you you take them to town, um even even when uh, even when they do, um I, I people follow, I follow the, I follow your responses on a couple of them, and they they've they've been interesting where like somebody's like. Oh, but, uh, and you're like, no. And then you're like, but what about, like, no, like still no, still no. Like, yeah. If, if anybody ever gets a chance, if, if not to, to just watch some of the amazingness of Jeremiah on, on basis of the game on TikTok, but then after he does one of these, these statements, uh, then follow along in the, the comment section because it is, it is a ride in and of itself. Uh, I must say. And, um, I feel like, some of your some of your audience are obviously good natured folks, and some of them are obviously masochists that just want to get beat up. Because like I don't I don't see I I mean it's the internet, so obviously these people they, you know that's their their joy they get attention somehow right, and I guess it's cheaper than some of the other ways they can get abused um, because it's free. But uh, yeah, yeah, I I mean part of that is. Uh, Allyship doesn't mean anything if you're not willing to step up and talk, mm-hmm. right? I, I'm an ally, but you never say anything. You never like make yeah. the people you're being an ally to feel like they're not alone. Mm-hmm. Um, is less useful. Um, that said, I, I understand it is a lot of emotional labor to get into that fight. Mm. Um, it is. Um, but I thought it was worth doing. The other thing is uh, I have the advantage of being, without being egotistical, somewhat eloquent mm-hmm. and well-spoken. And you sound nice. Yeah, I have a, I have a nice voice. And uh, so I allow myself to use that as a weapon sometimes when I have to. Yeah, that's a good one. But better than a lot of weapons out there, so that's for sure. Yeah. So you've been doing you've been doing a lot of um, besides a lot of really like I said well well spoken and and, and well said uh, topics and so forth. You also you you do some duets and um, some some other things. So like what, what's been like some of the more more fun things? Um, that's, I guess that oh, that could be fun too. But maybe the more um, entertaining for yourself things uh, that you've done maybe recently or like overall and, and since the time you've been on TikTok. I I love. So I'm not very good at cosplay, and cosplay is a lot of D and D TikTok. Um, I like. Oh, wait. But wait, what do we what do we mean by like? I mean, 
Are you just talking about like going hardcore into like into like because all the cosplayers that have like their Spider Man and like Spider Gwen suits that pop in and do stuff like that's kind of unfair because that's like their professional cosplay. Sure. What do, no, you, I, what do you mean just putting on your LARPing garb? You don't even like. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm I'm not as good at you know the garb and the makeup as oh. as some of the people on D and D TikTok who do cosplays. A lot of them do cosplays of uh, Critical Role characters and so on. Every once in a while, somebody will do something. And I was like, I can play off that. Mm-hmm. Um, I try and avoid the ones where it's like the creepy romantic stuff. Cause yeah, cause you don't want to be creepy uncle. Yeah. 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 Um, exactly. but comedic stuff. Um, I have, uh, I think one of my favorite recent ones is I did, uh, a bit from the court jester. So the, for those who are not familiar with how TikTok works on the audio side of things and, and, and the cosplay things, people will load up audios from movies and TV shows and recontextualize them using that audio with their own characters. Um, and uh, I, I've done one from the court jester. Uh, where I, I played the Danny K character and somebody out playing off of somebody else's, um, uh, uh, doing, uh, other lines of the whole, uh, the vessel with a pestle routine. Um, that one was great fun. Uh, I did another one, uh, where I, I, I like using the doctor voices, uh, from Doctor Who. Um, because that sort of aligns with wizards, and when I do do the cosplay thing, I do wizards. So I will do a, do. A, there's that. And there's the familiarity too, right? Like sure. A lot of people that play D and D like Doctor Who, so it's it's not not too bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I've done some that. Um, uh, the the those are are fun. Um, probably the most fun one I did is not me duetting someone else it's me creating something for somebody else to duet off of because you you goes either way like you see one and you're like i can make a duet and your your video is next to somebody else's video and you're both playing off the same audio um i created one where it was based off of an old bugs bunny daffy duck routine and i was the daffy duck okay and it was so much fun to use that audio and his aha pronoun trouble. And it's okay. this back and forth, the classic back and forth where Elmer Fudd shoots mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Daffy Duck and Daffy Duck is like, no, 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 wait. Wabbit season. Duck yeah. Season. Wabbit season. Wabbit season. Duck season. Right. right. And, and Daffy Duck pauses it and is like, okay, how did this happen? And he does this whole routine and goes, aha, pronoun trouble. That's it. Mm. And I used that audio and it was so much fun to get just super animated and just play with it sure. in full wizard garb, mind you. Okay. Like I'm dressed like a wizard. Excellent. Hey, you even, so speaking of that, dressed as like a wizard, you, you actually had a, a fan make you like a whole wizard kit, right? Like, oh yeah. On everything, right? Uh, the wayfaring wizard. Mm-hmm. Guy who made it for me. Um, he made me a wand, which was nice. It was a very nice wand. It had a little symbol on the bottom. And he made me a hat, and I had this big, giant, uh, wizardly hat with a little mm-hmm. drooping thing 
on the back. Uh, and very wizardly, yeah. very wizardly. And he made me a, a, like a leather embossed book. Yeah. Um, and that, like, that made my, my month. <laughs> like, I was like, talking about it now. And, and I, and I can see the smile on your face. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Obviously it's still making your day. So, you know, Oh yeah. Well worth it. Yeah, I know. And that's, I think that's, you know, that's the social part. Let's, I mean, not the gifts, the gifts are cool, but I mean, like, Right. We're talking about community. We talk about social media and everything like that. This is like the heart of it, right? Is where you really connect with an audience and the audience connects with you. And through the things you're doing, you're bringing entertainment or joy or social awareness or consciousness or whatever the case might be, right? Like you're tapping into your audience. And so like that's, that's super awesome to see because I've known you for a super long time and I know what an awesome human being you are. And it's great to see that you found an outlet for other people to kind of like see that too. Right. And, you know, like you said, you get to be, you get to be the uh, uncle, the uncle wizard, uh, for so many other people. Right. And I bet, you know, the, the number of people that you were able to help and touch before was good because you've always been a good friend. I know that. And, uh, seeing that now there's all these people who, you know, you can call them acquaintances, you call them whatever you want, but still you're, you're able to, to help them out and, and, and do things for them that, you know, without this technology that we have today and out this platforms that we have today, we wouldn't have otherwise. So I think that's, that's awesome. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think one of the things that resonates with people is that I'm open with my own struggles. Mm-hmm. Um, and it helps, I think for some people that are like, okay. You know, he, he, he also struggles with depression. Um, you know, uh, the fact that I'm open about the fact that I'm bisexual was, you know, I had lots of people message me or like, you know, say, Hey, it's good to see that I don't have to fit into a particular, mm-hmm. uh, image, uh, that, that, you know, you can get to, you know, a gray haired old guy and, and, and keep your identity safe and, and secure and, and be open. Yeah. That's awesome. I think a lot of people need to hear that and need to be exposed to that. So, you know, thank you for, for being one of those voices. Mm-hmm. The, so, so speaking of like, if somebody was wanting to get into, to TikTok right now, I mean, we, we touched on a little bit all over the place, right? Like you found it through people who were doing YouTube through via Twitter Right. So other social medias that you were already at. Um, but you know, TikTok's still growing. It's still, still, you know, people are finding their audience and, and finding the tribe and everything else there. What would, what would you suggest to someone who is listening to this and is like, Hey, you know, I've got things to say. Maybe not about D and D, but other stuff. You know, what, what if they wanted to try TikTok? What would you suggest that they do? Um, learn the tools. There are a lot of tools, um, built into TikTok. You can, um, Look at your own analytics and tell when you've had a good week and when you haven't. Um, you've got, uh, uh, different effects that you can apply to your video. You can edit your video. You can add music. They put it in the app. You can learn how to do that. Learn how to do captioning, whether it's within the app, i.e. typing it in yourself. Or using a third party tool like threads by Instagram. Uh, but, uh, captioning, uh, helps people who 
you know, are maybe a little bit hearing impaired to be able to translate what's being out going on. So that's also useful. It expands your audience quite a bit. Um, figure out what you want to talk about. Don't just chase this trend. Don't just uh, uh, do what everybody else is doing because everybody else is doing it. And there may be people who are doing it better than you because they've been doing it longer. Instead, figure out what you want to do, what your thing is what you want to talk about, what you want to demonstrate and, and then go into it and, and throw yourself at that. Um, and you know, uh, once you've done it for a while, the other big thing is, uh, if you don't have to worry about numbers, don't, um, I joined the creator fund, uh, uh, last year, uh, towards the end of last year. And I don't make much money off of it. Um, uh, you know, maybe a dinner uh, a month, uh, or maybe, a, maybe if I, on a, on a good month, a new game book. But, uh, I, I, I don't make much money off of it. Uh, during the pandemic, a lot of people lost their jobs. And they fell back on the money that they could get from the creator fund uh, as a, a means to pay their rent. Those people, I understand why they have to stress about the changes in the algorithm because the algorithm changes all the time. Mm-hmm. Your viewership will go up and down big time. It is normal. But if you're making your primary income off of that, that's a problem. That's scary. Yeah, 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 it's, yeah, unpredictability is not fun, especially when it comes to money and your livelihood. You yeah, know. so have a different means of income is definitely high up on there so that you don't have to stress about those numbers quite so much. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, I think my most recent payout was one-fifth of my previous. Yeah. So. But but your numbers were higher probably, right? In a way? No. No. Oh, okay. I thought maybe I thought maybe also it was like your numbers had gone up, but like just because of the way things had shaped up. Because I've heard that before. Where people like, you know, things are getting better, but for whatever reason because they're changing the way payouts work and this and that. I, I don't want to get too far in the weeds for yeah, you, yeah, but yeah. what what happens is that the algorithm is based off of the fact that the videos are a minute or less. Mm-hmm. So the engagement is easier to track. Sure. And they're, and they're constantly changing, tweaking the algorithm to sort of sh- determine what they're going to show you. Of course. So what you end up with is uh, a rapidly changing environment where what was giving you lots of views last month gets you nothing this month. Um, and oh, as far as like the type of content you're making. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the same content can give you wildly different when the algorithm changes. Hmm. Um, add into that, uh, there are some moderation issues on the app. Like moderation's hard. It's super hard. Um, I mean, Facebook and Twitter and YouTube all have teams of people for human moderation and they have to cycle them out all the time because it will burn them out. They see the things that on the internet that you don't want to see. 
Um, they're the they're the folks who who go through and remove all that stuff that you don't get to see because it's so terrible. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Um, and so that will burn through people really fast. Sure. So human moderation is hard. So they try and rely on algorithms to do it. Yeah. And the algorithms give you all kinds of false positives. And then yeah. and, and on top of that, trolls will use reporting systems to remove perfectly reasonable stuff. Sure. And then it's down for long enough that whatever gains you would have made is too late. Right. Yeah. Right. So there's a whole sort of technical background to what's going on. What the experience is, is I'm making content that people liked and now they're not even seeing it because the app isn't showing them anymore. Ah, true, true, true. Yeah. Because a lot of times, I mean, I know it's probably, I'm assuming it's the same on TikTok as uh, I know it is for YouTube is most of your discoverability actually doesn't come from your followers. It's actually like new, new, new people. Yeah. So yeah, if it, if, if what you were doing before that was getting shown to new people doesn't work anymore to show new people, then yeah, you're, you're stuck with your followers like me, just like that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like I, I crossed a milestone last night mm-hmm. of half a million likes. What? Half a million? Yeah. That's huge. Actually. I mean, I mean, I mean, that, it might, it might be that's huge. Half a million. I can't even think about it. That's, that's half a million people. I'm, I think I'm only responsible for like a hundred of those. So, <laughs> uh, the, so the weird thing is like, there are, there are people on the app who have a million or more followers, like 2 million. I'm, I'm at around 34,000. Yeah, yeah. So that, I mean, that speaks volumes, right? If you're just, yeah. you know, percentage wise, assuming all those were only coming from your followers, but I'm assuming they're not still. Yeah. Great. So yeah, great numbers, man. Um, Congratulations. but, but yeah. And, and you end up with people like Hank green who, um, for those who don't know, popular author, YouTuber, like he was already popular before he got on TikTok. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't need the money from TikTok. So he contributed all his money, uh, to a charity. That's awesome. Yeah. And he posted the numbers recently and he's got, you know, millions of followers and lots of engagement. Uh, over the past like eight months, he's given, $35,000 to that charity. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so if you get a big following, like a huge following, you can live off of it. Um, but yeah. yeah, most people are somewhere in the middle. It helps them a little. Um, but if you can avoid having to worry about it mm-hmm. and just enjoy the process, which is where I'm at, like I just enjoy my interactions um, then it can be a fun thing. Uh, getting into social media to make money is harder. Yeah. I mean, expectations are there, right? Anytime you have expectations, yeah, you, you, you're going to get some disappointment. Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. All right. Well, thank you so much, Jeremiah. It's just a couple of questions. How can people find you? Like if somebody was looking for the Jeremiah McCoy, where where could they find you? Well, I have uh, a website, jeremiahmccoy.com. I, I got that a while back because um, I figured, why not? Um, where I actually do some writing uh, about games and stuff. Um, and it's a good sort of central point to find a bunch of my things. 
Uh, I am on Twitter as Tech Noir. I've been on there for forever. Um, and on TikTok and Twitch, I am Basics of the Game. And I actually do have a YouTube channel I haven't added much to in a while. Uh, if you search for Jeremiah McCoy on YouTube, you will find me there. Excellent. That's so great. Well, thank you so much again for taking the time to chat with me and my wonderful press starters here at the Press Star Leadership Podcast. Uh, and, uh, hopefully we'll, we'll, we'll chat again. Maybe once you, you hit a uh, two million, I don't want to say a million cause I think you're going to hit that faster than, uh, than I say it, but maybe when you hit two million, well, two million likes, we'll, uh, we'll get you back on and, and see how the, the, the life of the, the, the wizardly uncle is doing. Uh, I'd be glad to anytime. All right. Excellent. All right. Thanks again. Appreciate it, Jeremiah. Sure. That's this week's episode of press start leadership podcast. As always, thanks for being awesome. And if you haven't yet, make sure to give us a follow. Till next time. If you haven't downloaded my free ebook, Five Heroic Leadership Skills, click on the link in the description. Tune in next week for your next episode of Press Start Leadership Podcast. Thank you. Hi there. The episode's over, but thanks for sticking around till the end. If you're on the quest to elevate your team's leadership, production, or game design capabilities, I'm here to assist. Leveraging extensive experience and a strategic approach, I offer personalized audits, bespoke workshops, and leadership retreat facilitation to drive your team toward excellence. My commitment is to provide efficient, reliable, and proven support, ensuring you have the tools and insights needed to thrive. Ready to unlock your team's full potential and achieve unparalleled success? Don't hesitate to press start on your journey to transformation today. Feel free to reach out directly to discuss how we can tailor a solution to meet your unique needs and goals. Let's connect and take your team's performance to the next level.